hey, hey, y'all, I just love my intro. Don't you love it? <laughs> oh, it really gives um, really smooth R&B vibes. Like, I could just listen to that song all day. Um, but my name is Lisa McFall, and welcome to the Confessions of a Church Girl podcast. Here we talk about everything. We talk about everything, but literally, we talk about Jesus. We talk about who Jesus is to me, and I kind of discuss whatever I feel he's been dealing with me to discuss. Um, so y'all, last week's episode, it was so long. Well, last week and the week before, episode was so long. The week before, episode was so long that we decided to let it run for, you know, the following week as well. Um, and it's because I just feel like it was a really, it's a really important message. And if you haven't gotten the chance to, I suggest that you go ahead and listen to it. Like our physical bodies, y'all, I, I sense that there's such an urgency for us to now take care of our physical bodies and that we would um, allow our physical bodies to prosper, you know, even as our souls prosper, as our spirits prosper. Like I said, if you hadn't had the chance to listen to it, I suggest you go on over, pause this. We gonna come back. We gonna let you come back and then take it up where you left off, right? But go ahead and listen to last week and week before his episode. All right, y'all. So today, happy Monday. Today is a really, really good day. <laughs> so today is Monday, October 30th, which means that I'm 30 years old today. Yesterday would have made me 30 years old, October 29th. Um, yeah. I'm 30, y'all. Sheesh. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit more, um, probably in maybe the next episode. I don't know. Or one of the next episodes. I don't know yet. But we'll talk about it. I'll get to talk about, you know, leading up to 30 and all of the exciting and amazing things that I believe that God is about to do in my life and in the life of my family and my kids, and I'm so excited. But um, today I wanted to talk nothing as um, harsh or nothing as out there as the last few episodes, but I just wanted to talk to you briefly about this new revelation of Scripture that I received Sorry, I had it up, but I can't find it anymore. Give me one second. <laughs> All right, so y'all, this um, particular revelation of a scripture that I have received recently. So you can find me in the Gospel of Mark. For those of you who have your Bibles, you can t- turn with me <laughs> to Mark chapter 12, verse 30 to 31, or you can, and then you can join me in Matthew chapter 22, verse 39. When you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say hold on. Just kidding. So, um, here the scripture says that we should love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our mind, with all our soul. And then 
Because, you know, this is Jesus talking to somebody, telling them the greatest commandment. And then he said, the second greatest commandment is this, that you love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so for a long time, these scriptures were, I guess, a little bit misinterpreted because I felt that it meant, particularly the second one, <clears throat> sorry, but the one that Jesus called our um, the second greatest commandment, I feel like in a lot of ways it was misinterpreted because, or misinterpreted to mean that we should love our neighbors more than we love ourselves. And I'm not going to get into, you know, some debate on exactly what it means. But one thing I understand is that as um, when I was in school, in primary school, um, in my English literature classes or in English language, one of the things that we learned are um, figures of speech or yeah, types of speech, things that we use. And one thing I learned is a simile. And a simile is a metaphor or a comparison using the words like or as. And that means that if I am doing something as I do something else, it means that I would first need to know how to do that something else. Right? So here's what I mean. In order for me to love my neighbor as I love myself, I would need to then know how to love myself or already be in the process of loving myself. So when I got that particular revelation, it was fine. You know, it was good at the surface until one day it stood out to me and I was like, well, God, you told us how to love God. And then you told us that we need to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But I don't particularly recall a scripture that says, that teaches us how to love ourselves. And um, that kind of stood out to me for a while until I got this revelation one day a few months ago where, so basically, I believe that Holy Spirit was telling me, as you love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and all your strength, as you love God, he teaches you how to love yourself. Wait, what do you mean, Lisa? Well, I can give you from my own personal experience. I honestly believe that as I um, became even that much more intentional about my relationship with Jesus Christ, as I became that much more intentional about being all that God has called me to be and just like the Bible says, um, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto you. As I sought the Lord, as I, I learned about God, as I learned about how much he loved, loves me, um, to the, to the point where he would send his only son to die on the cross for me, as I, um, walk with the Lord, as he teaches me things, as he shows me things, as he reveals himself to me in greater ways, I learned so much more about me. I learned to understand um, the power that really does live on the inside of me. And the Bible does say that God has not given unto us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Or, you know, um, another translation will say peace of mind and, and, and of strength, you know, and of courage. And so often the Bible instructs us, you know, to be of good courage, to know that we are not alone, to know that Christ has never, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Um, and all sorts of other scripture that, that commands us 
to know that there is a power on the inside of us. You know, the Bible says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works on the inside of us. And the Bible also talks about or the Bible also tells us um, that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive on the inside of us. And as I study these scripture and as I come to a better understanding and a greater understanding of who God is and what he means to me and how he has made me, and I become even that much more comfortable in my authenticity, um, as I become comfortable in who God is, I become comfortable in who Lisa is. And I may not have all the answers. I may not know how to give you a step-by-step, 50-page, double-spaced, size 12 font, you know, Times New Roman. I may not be able to give you a book on how to love yourself. But one thing I do know is that as you continue to follow Christ And as you immerse yourself in the love of God, as you pray a prayer and as you say, you know what, God, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, I am so open and available and ready for you to change my life. I'm ready for you to show me who I truly am. I'm ready to you to reveal yourself to me. And as you reveal yourself to me, God, I ask that you would reveal me to me. There's this particular song by, I think it's William Murphy or the full gospel choir, and it's like, Open my eyes, help me believe I am what you see. That song was probably one of my favorite songs as a child when I first heard it years ago when I was still in school. And now, even as an adult, I remember recently, maybe a couple years ago, um, as I was struggling to be okay with being authentically myself because growing up, you know, in a particular type of church, um, I always was under the impression that I needed to fit this mold and that I needed to be just like this person and that something was wrong with me for being different and that who I was authentically, like literally there was something wrong with me. I thought that there was something wrong with me because I laugh loud or, you know, the way that I relate to people and the way that people relate to me and the things that I say like, if you know me, you know what I mean. <laughs> I thought that for a long time that my personality was too bubbly and that there was something that and that my bubbly personality meant that I was immature and that God couldn't use me because I wasn't serious and grr, right? Don't worry, I could get grr sometimes, it's been all the time. If you know me, you know. But um, what was I saying? <laughs> like, for a long time, I thought that there was something wrong. And it was only until I started to feel the inclination or the inkling of the Holy Spirit to draw nigh to God as he um, desired to draw nigh to me. It was only as I realized that this is who God had called me and created me to be. Like it was then that I became okay with who I am. As I fell in love with God, he revealed parts of me that needed to heal. And he led me to the right people, to the right life coach, to the right therapist, and ultimately to the right church to be able to heal those things because there is a version of me that I need to get to. 
there's a me on the inside of me that Holy Spirit needs to be able to function and to be able to do the things that he's called me to do and, and to be able to be who he's called me to be. There's a me that I need to obtain, that I need to get to and um, through the grace and help and strength of the Holy Spirit. And as he peeled the layers, um, many of you who follow me on social media know that at the beginning, well, at the beginning of last year, I started this thing that was the 365 days of healing, wholeness, and celibacy. And it was about, you know, being more intentional about going to therapy, being more intentional about healing myself and seeing me the way that God called me to be and seeing myself as God sees me, right? as that person that I that I knew he saw that he wanted me to get to, that he, you know, like, yeah, that's as best I could describe it. So one of the ways that I always saw um, Holy Spirit working on me is, like, I saw him peeling back. Like, I always pictured an onion, and I pictured him, like, peeling back. Like, I was this onion in his hand, and the palm of his hand, he was just peeling back layers, you know? And the truth be told, as I learned more about God and as I feel as though um, the Lord peeled back layers, I also feel as though as he taught me to love me, I learned to be able to love other people. I learned to be able to be gracious to people. I was listening to a sermon from Pastor Jerry Flowers last night about shame. I think the name of that is Shame on Me. That's a great sermon. I'm going to go back home after I'm done recording. I'm going to watch that episode again. And he was talking about you can always tell somebody who has had a real encounter with the Lord because they are one of the most gracious people you've ever met. But you can also always tell somebody who struggles with shame, they shame them own, their own selves or they struggle with shame and, and self-condemnation because they can honestly be some of the most hypercritical people that you've ever come in contact with. And he also shared how easy it is. It's easy for us to shame other people and to use shame to silence other people when we ourselves are carrying around a whole lot of shame. And so as I grew um, in my relationship and my walk with God, as I walked tighter and even closer with Holy Spirit, and I unlearned a whole lot of the, oh, my own shame that I was carrying around from my younger years um, up until my adult years, as I unlearned all of that shame, as I, un as I learned how to love God and I unlearned shame, I then learned how to love other people and how to not use shameful tactics um, to belittle other people as well. And not out in the open, but often we have our own preconceived notions and um, other connotations in our head where we end up shaming people um, based on our perception of them. And often people will not even, those people will not even get to hear what we have to say about them. But we keep it in our mind and shame is still shame. And it is not of God. And so as I learned to love the Lord, I learned to love me. As I spent time in prayer, um, I remember, I think I spoke about this last term, not, not last term, sorry, last season. I'm such a school kid. <laughs> but um, praying and asking the Lord to help me to deal with certain things or to show me things that he needed me to deal with. 
and within that same day or within that same, you know, couple days or the, the next seven days or so, he would reveal to me another area of my life that I needed to deal with, another area in my emotional or, or mental or even physical health I needed to deal with. And he'd reveal it to me so that I can sit down and talk to my therapist about it or, you know, my counselor or someone. And when I go to counseling or therapy, then I would have the verbiage to know how to continue to pray. And also the strategy, I would get the strategy, the natural strategy on how to overcome this thing. And when I take that to the Lord in prayer, he would also then give me the spiritual strategy or the the words to pray um, to be able to obtain the healing that I would need. And so as I learned that, as I learned to accept my humanness and as I learned to love me for who I am um, with my flaws and all, I was then also able to love other people as well. And if it's one thing that you take away from this episode today, it's that, first of all, you ought to love the Lord your God with everything that you have, with all your might. Everything you deserve to love God because He's deserving of, of your praise and your worship and the glory. But another thing is that as you walk closely with God, don't be afraid to ask the Lord to teach you how to love yourself. Often what can be misconstrued in religion and being raised or being taught in certain types of churches or, you know, certain ideologies from religious people, um, one of the things that they use to try and keep us silent is false humility. And for a long time, I believed that loving myself was against God. I thought that having confidence in myself was against the Holy Spirit and that you know, I needed to be humble. And now I understand that true humility is knowing that everything that I am and everything that I have and everything that I can be, my potential, my success, everything that is Lisa has come from the Holy Spirit. It comes from God. Every good and perfect gift I have comes from Him. I am not self-made. I will never claim to be. I am God-made. And everything that I am is owed to Jesus Christ. Every single thing. And I mean that. But false humility is talking yourself down or putting yourself down or not taking certain opportunities because you want to present yourself a certain way. Because to be honest with you, false humility and pride are the same, literally the same thing. Often we try um, to use false humility as a way to get people to see us as a humble person. But if you are doing something so that you can get a certain response or so that people can perceive you in a certain way, then what is the real reason that you're doing it? Like, are you now being manipulative? You know, manipulation is just the same thing as witchcraft. So, like, what are you doing? Um, but when you are confident in who God is, you can then be confident in who you are because the same Jesus— that the same Jesus that's on the inside of you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive on the inside of you. And you have the power. You are strong. You are phenomenal. You are God's handiwork. That's what Ephesians tells us. David says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. God tells the prophet Jeremiah that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I called you to be a prophet to the nations. I know the thoughts I have towards you. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Plans to prosper you and and. God himself wants to prosper you. God himself knew you before you were created in your mom's womb. 
God himself took the time to create you in his image. Literally, you were created in the image and the likeness of God. And I always wondered, what did he mean? when? Why did he have to say image and likeness? I thought that image and likeness meant the exact same thing. But image was in the physicality, but likeness. Um, what I understand or my revelation of it are, is, is characteristics and mindset and, and traits and like, um, religion, not religious, sorry, royalty, if that makes sense. Like, like, like royalness. I don't think that royalness is a term, a real word, but I get likeness to mean the same as his characteristics and because God is holy, because God is just, because God is righteous. But also we know that God is the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills because we know God is wealthy, because we know God is confident in who he is, that God knows that he is God and he doesn't need us to tell him that he is God in order for him to be God. He doesn't need us to praise him because even if we don't praise him, the rocks are going to cry out because he knows that he is a good God and he knows that he is worthy of all praise. And because God knows who he is and we were created in his image and his likeness, meaning his physical, his physical image, but also his likeness as in his demeanor and his characteristics that, and we know that the same God lives on the inside of us, then why shouldn't we be confident in ourselves as well? So yeah, let's love our neighbors as we love ourselves, but let us learn and let us pray and ask Holy Spirit to teach us to love ourselves the way that he loves us and to teach us to see ourselves the way that he sees us. I believe that we would be so much better off when we are able to actually see ourselves the way that God sees us. I believe that a lot of the things that we struggle with, a lot of the, even the arguments and the toxic relationships and friendships and jobs and all that stuff that we end up um, kind of struggling or, or sitting in or going in certain cycles, I believe that once we know who we are as children of God and we build ourselves up in that holy confidence like many of the things that we struggle with, we won't even struggle with anymore. Mm-hmm. But anyway, y'all, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Um, thank you so much for listening. I am so grateful, always so humbled and just thrilled that you guys would come and you would listen to my podcast and you will hear me speak and you will invite me into your home and into your car and while you're doing your exercise, while you're jogging, while you're baking or cooking in your home. Or even before you go to sleep, you invite me into your air gates. And I pray that you have been blessed so far. Thank you so much for tuning in to this first few episodes of season two of the Confessions of a Church Girl podcast. Y'all, I can't wait for you to hear what's going to come next week. I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. Anyway, y'all, I got to go. Love you. Mean it. Bye.